What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to Stacking the Box with Ian McMillan and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Ian. I'm doing well, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm fine because the bet you and I have is uh, trending your way. So I guess it's probably why you have Ian McBets as your uh, Twitter handle. Seems like you know more than me when it comes to betting. Yes, Tennessee looking good uh, so far in the, the March Madness tournament. Although FAU is going to be a little bit of a tricky matchup for them. I don't want to. I don't want to celebrate the win just quite yet. But uh, so far, so good. Their defense has been dominant. Exactly what I predicted. We'll see if it holds up for one more game. So we know this is not a NCAA March Madness bracket. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking NFL. But I just have to say. Why do teams forget how to play basketball against Tennessee? They're good defensively. I don't understand it. I've seen them all season long, and people play against them, and they, they're shooters. They're wide open. They go, and you know what? Nah, screw it. I've never shot a basketball before in my life. It blows my mind. But let's talk about the NFL. Still the hottest name on the open market yet to sign with the team. Uh, the market has obviously seemed pretty quiet what is your take on Lamar Jackson? Where he ends up? Where do you think he might go? What's best case scenario for him? I think at this point, because I've been predicting the entire offseason uh, that he was going to end up with my Atlanta Falcons, but it kind of seemed like that came to an end when they signed uh, Taylor Heineke to be their backup quarterback for Desmond Ritter. So I don't really know what happens with Lamar Jackson now. Is it possible he just stays in Baltimore for another year? I think that's kind of the direction that is trending at this point. Uh, barbecue Vibes and Longboard Ride says the team I would like to see Lamar join is the 49ers. Is that going to happen? Not sure if they have first rounders to pull it off, though. Uh, they have Brock they have Trey Lance. Are they going to throw in Lamar Jackson now into that quarterback room? That would be quite the uh, quite the situation. That that would be one yeah. dangerous <laughs> offense thrown in Lamar Jackson into it. Uh, that'd be fun to watch. But I think at this point, if I were to make a prediction, I think he might just stay in Baltimore. I, I think Baltimore is a good bet, but it almost feels like that bridge there there has to be some bridges burned in that situation there because that is not a pretty move between either parties. There, I, I think the Colts could be a realistic 
possibility. The Colts mm-hmm. haven't had a quarterback start consecutive seasons or consecutive season openers since Andrew Luck in 2015-2016. It's been a long time since they've had a guy in Indy. They've been patching it up year by year with Phillip Rivers. You know, they've been trying to get it done with these bridge quarterbacks. Matt Ryan. Sorry to your Matt Ryan Atlanta Falcons. I, I, I'm sorry for you there. But Lamar Jackson would be a long-term solution for a team that doesn't play in a great division. He would make them contenders. I, I think Lamar to the Colts makes a decent amount of sense. Yeah, the thing with Lamar Jackson, which makes it tricky for a lot of teams, is Lamar Jackson is such a unique talent that you have to build a very specific offense around him for him to be at his most effective. My issue with the Colts, and maybe they don't even care, or maybe they'll just try to build that offense, is I do they have the type of offense that Lamar Jackson would thrive in? That's why I thought Atlanta made the most sense for him, because Atlanta had a, a very much a run-first offense that they ran last year with Marcus Mariota for the first four-fifths of the season. Uh, the 49ers make sense because they are a very run first offense. Uh, the Colts last year played a very classic quarter, uh, you know, pocket quarterback drop back uh, kind of an offense that they would need to change if they get Lamar Jackson. Now, maybe maybe they don't care. Maybe they'll try Lamar Jackson in a more basic system like that. I don't know if that would work, but maybe, yeah, maybe their biggest concern is just getting a quarterback talent and maybe Lamar Jackson is that guy, but that would be what would give me pause on Lamar Jackson to a team like the Colts is they just don't currently have the type of offense that I think he would thrive in the most. Yeah. I'm with you there, but when the initial talks came out and it felt like every single team said no to Lamar, we're not even going to have a conversation. Uh, Indianapolis did not rule out having discussions with Jackson, according to a team source per ESPN. So while there's not been any substantive steps forward when it comes to talks between the Colts and Lamar Jackson, that was not ruled out. And it felt like early on, almost every single team came out, like the Falcons said, no, we're not going on. We're not going to pursue Lamar Jackson. The Colts weren't one of those teams. And that's why I think the doors at least slightly cracked open. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, Barbecue Vibes did chime in as well. I hope Lamar ends up in the NFC because, dang, it's quarterback Wayslane over there. Yeah, that that's something that I want to bring up a little bit later in the show is who the second-best quarterback is in the NFC. If Lamar <laughs> Jackson ends up in the NFC, like on a team like the 49ers, I don't think there's too, too much of a question who the top two guys are. But, yeah, they, it, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I Like I said, I was leaning Falcons all offseason. Now, even though bridges are burnt, I think Lamar Jackson is – kind of backed himself into a corner where he might just have to play another season with Baltimore and uh, hire an agent at some point and (laughs) figure something out. But I don't know. We'll see. How much is that hurting him, the not having an agent? Because we've seen around the NFL, it feels like players who don't have agents have struggled at times, maybe because we're so focused on it. Uh, You know, the Orlando Brown Jr. situation, which we'll touch on briefly. Uh, a little bit later on in the show, Lamar Jackson. Obviously, Laramie Tunzel didn't hurt him as he reset the market for a tackle. But do you think this not having an agent is really hurting Lamar Jackson? I think it is. Now, I, I think last show I might have said that as well because reports came out about what the contract was that uh, the Ravens had offered Lamar Jackson. I think right after we we finished the stream, Lamar Jackson tweeted that it was cap, uh, that they didn't offer him that. So it's so hard to tell because we aren't, you know, uh, part of these meetings, part of these phone calls. We don't actually know what's being offered. Maybe Lamar Jackson is not getting offered anything good by the Ravens. Uh, maybe he is doing a fantastic job as an agent. But with the situation he's in where it kind of seems like he's burned 
Burke Bridges, and uh, he can't get anything done with Baltimore substantial. Um, it seems to me like it's hurting him quite a bit. Uh, agents obviously have a lot better of a, I mean, that this is what they're, they're educated in. This is what they're trained to do. Lamar Jackson, great football player. Is he educated uh, in being an agent? Is he trained in being a, a sports agent? I would say probably not. I would say most of his time is probably focused on football, rightfully so. Uh, I don't think anyone should be in the NFL or a professional athlete without an agent, uh, unless they're educated in that. So it did work out for Laramie Tunsil, but maybe he's, you know, a little bit better at figuring these kinds of numbers out. Maybe Lamar Jackson just values himself at such an outrageous price. He needs a middleman to tell him, Hey man, we literally can't get that much money for you. It's just not going to happen. We have to settle for something a little bit less. It's so hard to tell because we aren't part of these meetings, but that seems to be the vibe that, that uh, is coming out anyways. I think it would help him to get an agent, but who really knows? The thing is also with Laramie Tunsil, there weren't many questions regarding is he a top three left tackle. I think the majority of folks would say he's top two, him and Trent right. uh, Trent Williams, right? With Lamar Jackson, there are some question marks. Uh, and the four, foremost is the injury concerns, right? So I think that's probably the biggest hindrance of a deal getting done is the injury concerns with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I always just wonder, too, speaking with Matt Verderam about this, he always says, when you have an agent, you kind of have a guy, the intermediary in between, who's basically saying, hey, I'm the guy talking to the front office. When they say stuff bad, I'll water it down for the actual player themselves. So, mm. you know, the Ravens are saying, hey, you've struggled in the playoffs. When you've gotten there or when the team's gotten there, sometimes you've been injured. You've been hurt the past few seasons. Can we count on you? Now, if you send it to an agent, the agent might be able to bring that back to the player, water it down a little bit so you're not burning bridges. When you are the front office and you're the team having to directly tell this player, this is why we don't think you are worth this. This is why we think you're worth way down here. That can be some uh, some anger. That, 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 can, that can burn right. some bridges between player and organization. That agent sometimes is the middleman to keep that relationship strong. I think that's also a part of this, and again, why I think uh, Lamar going back to the Ravens might not behoove either party. That's a great point, something I hadn't considered before. But uh, yeah, sometimes, I mean, when, when, when you're dealing with money and this much money in contracts, uh, the team's got to be as honest as possible. And sometimes truth hurts in a lot of situations. And uh, yeah, if a player takes offense to that, that that's that's going to hurt contract negotiations. That's, that's a great point, something I hadn't thought of. Well, you see it all the time in baseball with arbitration. You hear how yeah. guys are going, the teams and the players, they're both there, and it, it ends up you, you have this anger towards each other. And I think that could be a real reason why Lamar and the Ravens might not be the best fit. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Before we go to some of our uh, into the futures, with Aaron Rodgers, is he a Jet? Do we know? Will he ever sign on the dotted line? Will they ever figure out a trade package that, that makes sense for both teams? Because it feels like both of these teams, the Packers and Jets, want to get a deal done, but they can't figure out what he is worth. I think it is going to get done. I think he made. I think he actually made a mistake going on Pat McAfee's show and announcing that kind of his relationship with the Packers are over and that he tends on playing uh, playing with the Jets because now that makes all the cards are in the Packers' hand now because 
the Jets kind of have to go for him at this point. He said he intends to play for the Jets, and now it kind of, you know, the ball is now in the Packers' court. They can just wait. They can keep on asking. They can keep on driving that price up. So I think the deal is going to get done, and I think that's kind of what the reports have said uh, over the past few days is that it probably will get done, but it's not going to get done anytime soon. And I even think I predicted it last show. I think the deal might get done on draft day. So what's that, a month away, sometime in April? Uh, I think it is going to get done. I think everyone is kind of shoehorned into it getting done but the packers can hold out and try to make the jets pay up as much as possible so it'll get done but not anytime soon yeah you're right the packers hold all the cards right now yeah i mean what are the jets gonna do if they wait that long <laughs> you're going you're gonna run it back with zach wilson no that's not the case i just don't know what he's worth at this point at his age coming off an eight and nine year the off the field situation the large contract how many years does he have left? I know he's obviously pondered retirement a time or two. It makes it an interesting situation. Matt Stafford, obviously. Aaron Rodgers is better than Matt Stafford. But when you take everything into consideration, you saw what Matt Stafford got, what he received. Now, Matt Stafford wasn't, re- wasn't contemplating retirement, and the contract wasn't the same as Aaron Rodgers. What do you think a deal realistically would be for Aaron Rodgers, compensation-wise? Great question. Do you think they'd send Zach Wilson back to Green Bay? No. Because Jordan Love, well, unless Green Bay is really into Zach Wilson over Jordan Love for the future, because Jordan Love's going into his fourth year, right? So this is his final year. They have to shit or get off the pot. If you have Zach Wilson, you at least have a QB on a rookie deal waiting in the wings. I'd be intriguing. I don't, I don't see him moving the needle, though. Are they sold on Jordan Love? Because he has not looked good any time that he's played. So I, I, I don't know exactly what the deal would be going back to Green Bay. Probably, yeah, maybe, probably not Zach Wilson. It'd definitely be uh, at least one first-round draft pick. I don't know. What do you think? Man, the first-rounder is tough. I, I think that's been the holdup. I right. think the first-rounder is the holdup. I, I think if it was a second, I think the, the Jets would be in for sure, second and a fourth. But that first-rounder, uh, from all accounts, that has been the main holdup. And you might be telling yourself, first-rounder for a uh, franchise-altering quarterback, right? MVP two times in the past three years. But the off-the-field concerns, the age, and then the retirement question. How, how, how long is Aaron Rodgers really going to play? If things don't go well in New York in year one, is he done? Like, these are real possible scenarios that the Jets have to think about. You give a first-rounder for a dude who's only going to play for your, your team for one year, that might not be worth it. So... We'll see what happens. I'm with you. I, th- I think trade, maybe draft day is when this entire deal finally gets done. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. I-, I thought for sure on the Pat McAfee show when he was going on, we're going to finally see a legitimate deal being put together. But uh, leave it to Aaron Rodgers to have that as just a preview. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's look into the future. Orlando Brown Jr. signed with the Bengals. What did you make of the move? And what did you make of the contract? Yeah, I don't really know about the contract. I'll leave that one to you. I'm not a big contract guy. I mean, I think I think it's a good deal for the Bengals at the end of the day. They had to shore up their offensive line. Don't forget, this is a Bengals team that's still ranked 18th in QB sack percentage this past year. They are very bad at the start of the year. Did get a little bit better when protecting Joe Burrow as the year went on. But still, bottom half of the NFL um in uh, QB sacks percentage and if Joe Burrow is going to be your guy and your franchise quarterback and the guy that's hopefully going to lead you back to a Super Bowl you got to protect him uh they signed Lael Collins last offseason he didn't really work out uh so Orlando Brown Jr. seems to be the replacement so I think it's a smart deal for the Bengals they needed to shore up the offensive line and that's what they did in terms of the contract I don't know I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it Yeah, so he signed a four-year, just over $64 million contract, 31.1 signing bonus. 
Uh, 31.1 guaranteed breaks down to an average annual salary of just over 16 million per season. Um, I think it's a good move for the Bengals because they didn't overpay for Orlando Brown Jr. Orlando Brown Jr. wanted to reset the market. He didn't reset the market. Now, I don't think this is as bad of a deal as some folks want to make it out to believe. I know a lot of people in Kansas City keep pulling up the, what was it, six-year, $139 million contract he was offered last offseason. The majority of that was funny money. It was about $36 million guaranteed. They were, the Chiefs had him out after year two. He was never going to see the majority of that money. This, for the most part, he'll see the, the most of this contract. So for him, he's got more financial security in this deal. Uh, but he did not reach out the market. I think he overestimated what he was worth. I think him having a first-time agent who's never really done a lot of big deals, I think that also hurt him. Maybe he told him some bad advice. We don't know for sure. But that was the issue last year with Orlando Brown Jr. He didn't have an agent, so there was no real talks going on before the season started. This year, the Chiefs talked about Orlando Brown Jr. having a ramping up period, thought about getting a deal done. And I think him and his agent just overestimated what he was worth. Right. Didn't happen. The Bengals, I think, got a fairly good deal for a fairly good left tackle. Is he elite? No, he is not. But you saw what the Bengals' offensive line was. I do think he is an improvement. The one question I have about Orlando Brown Jr. is he was solid with Lamar Jackson. He was solid with Patrick Mahomes. Those are two quarterbacks who can scramble and who don't take a lot of sacks. What's he going to do with Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow is not immobile, but he's definitely not in the same category of mobile as Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Now, Joe Burrow gets the ball out quick. I will grant you that. But I have some questions about a pocket passer. How long can Orlando Brown Jr. hold? Yeah, that's a great point. That's something that we'll have to keep an eye on this season. Because, yeah, he is going to be the left tackle, I believe, for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, not going back to right tackle. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, and Joe Burrow is not – he's gone on record in the past saying that he doesn't think sacks are that as big of a deal as other people as well. He said he'd rather take a sack on third down uh, to extend the play as long as possible. So – uh we'll see it'll be interesting sounds like a qb or something someone would say if they take a lot of sacks yeah it's not a big deal trying to not throw your offensive line under the bus no you're good guys i love getting hit yeah uh let's look into the future number two where does odell beckham jr land and what do you think he has left? I I mean, I think there's a, a ton of different places place you could go. And in terms of what he has left, I think he's a wide receiver too. I think that's what he is. Maybe even like, a, I, even when I say wide receiver too, I think it might be a bottom end wide receiver two, top end wide receiver three. I still think, I think that catch that he made with the Giants is still, he's still kind of riding that high. I, I think he's a very electric player, but I, I don't think he's a wide receiver one on any team. So I think there's a lot of teams that make sense. Uh, if Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore, maybe this is kind of, can the Ravens afford OBJ, bring him to Baltimore? Maybe that'll convince Lamar Jackson to stay with the team and kind of come back and try uh, try it another year. Cause I know that's one of Lamar Jackson's constant complaints. He has nobody to throw to, Could he return to New York. New York has absolutely no receivers. This is probably a place he'd come back and be a number one guy if that's what he wanted. Uh, and I think it comes down to what OBJ wants uh, in a team. Does he just want whoever's going to pay him the most money? Does he want somewhere he can go and be the number one wide receiver? Or does he want to go somewhere where he's going to be a number two option uh, with a chance to win a championship? So it all comes down to what he wants. Uh, it looks like the Cowboys were always the most obvious choice, but it looks like they're kind of not in uh, on OBJ anymore. So uh, I'm going to say, if I were to make a prediction, I say he comes back to New York. Mm, interesting. I think he likes New York. New York, the Giants are obviously trending in the right, in the right way. Uh, he would probably get a wide receiver one looks while being on a solid team. Obviously not a great team, but a solid team. 
feels like something that he might like. Uh, I do think at this point in his career, I think he's grown up enough. We saw him one out of Cleveland. We saw him at times one out of New York. But when he went to L.A., and I know he wasn't in L.A. long, we never heard him complain once. There was never the case of, I'm not getting the ball enough. Because in L.A., he was clearly wide receiver two behind Cooper Cup. Yeah. And he never complained. It seemed to me he cared about winning in that situation. It does feel like at this point in his career, he values winning, even in New York. I always thought he was a passionate guy. I thought he always got a little bit of a bad rap. Like, he wanted to win. He was passionate and he cared. I like that in a guy. I like that in a player. At times, he, he went around it the, the wrong way. It seemed like me, me, me. I get that. But I do think he's learned. I think he's grown. I do think he has wide receiver two talent left, although I do agree with you. I think more back-end wide receiver two talent. The knee injuries are obviously a major concern, but I don't think he's going to get a super large contract that's going to scare teams away. He, he wasn't asking for a large contract. He tweeted that out. He's basically saying, I just think I'm worth more than $4 million per year. And frankly, I think he probably is worth more than $4 million per year. Now, the, the, the caveat is he's not had a real good year since right. 2019. 2019, over 1,000 yards played in all 16 games. 2020, seven games. 2021, he played in 14 games, but then obviously the injuries piled up in that half year between Cleveland tearing his ACL in the Super Bowl uh, with the Rams. Now, he's been over a year now from the Rams Super Bowl, which was in what, February of uh, 22, right? So yep. now it's been over a year for that Nita to fully heal. There were talks, rumblings that he might sign by – Thanksgiving last year. Then it was Christmas. Then it was right before the playoffs. Nothing transpired. I just don't think he was fully healthy. I think now that he's fully healthy, he's going to have a more robust market. Obviously, it's not uh, nothing's come from it yet. But I do think the, the two best teams, Steelers, Chiefs. Chiefs need someone at wide receiver. They need a veteran guy unless they're going to go all young. Uh, and the Steelers, I think, can make some sense. Steelers need some guys. Uh, after um, what's-his-name went to uh, – Blanco's name went to the Bears. Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool went to the Bears. I I think Odell Beckham Jr. could fit right in with the Steelers being a wide receiver two, wide receiver three with Deontay Johnson uh, and the rest of that squad. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the Steelers. Yeah, both those teams make sense. I mean, I think the the Chiefs do make a ton of sense. I hesitate because, um, as you know, I'm starting to get annoyed with you Chiefs fans. Yeah, The Chiefs are turning into a team where, like, every single free agent – Every single name that like it might get traded, Chiefs are like, oh yeah, they want to come play for us. Come play, you know, with Patrick Mahomes. I, Everyone, everybody wants to be that. Kansas City Chief. No, but that that's that, that that that's that's what I hear on Twitter all the time. It seems like every available player, Chiefs fans are like, yeah, they want to come play for Kansas City. Uh, hey, but yeah, I'm not wouldn't make that. sense. Nah, Chiefs fans in general though. Always said one of the most overblown tropes in the NFL is players taking a team friendly deal to win a ring. Yes, I think it's correct. one of the most overblown scenarios. Folks yes. always like to think, hey, it's a Super Bowl caliber team. They'll take less money. They, they won't. We've seen no. time and time again that's not the case. Even Juju Smith-Schuster, he had a offer to go to Kansas City the year before, stayed with Pittsburgh, and then when he realized his market was not robust, then came to Kansas City. Yes. Players don't do this or else – no, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, unless you were literally on your last year in the NFL or one of your last years, Terrell Suggs, Carlos Dunlap. Right. Uh, the Melvin Ingram signing was a trade, but even he thought after that year, he goes, I can sign a little bit more money in Miami. I'm going to Miami right. because these guys have a finite period of time to make money. Once they're done, unless you are a stud quarterback or a stud face of the franchise, you're not making any more money probably for the rest of your life. You're not right. doing commercial deals. You're doing nothing. 
Right. You're trying to set yourself up, your family up, your grandkids up. I get it. They're trying to make as much money in a finite period. Dudes don't take less just for the sake of taking less. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I, and I guess that that's a, you kind of articulated the point I was trying to make that it, it seems like every time there's a free agent, people think that they just want to sign with the chiefs just so they can win a super bowl. But uh, OBJ to the chiefs does make sense. Cause they do need a wide receiver. Juju's gone. They need a, they need a number one veteran guy. They can't just throw it, you know, continue throwing to Travis Kelsey 15 times a game, although it worked for them last year. Uh, so yeah, OBJ to the chiefs does make sense. Does he end up there? We'll see. He has, he, he has some options. Yeah. But before we move forward, what have you made of the Odell Beckham Jr. saga and drama in the past? Do you, do you label it up to a young dude in New York? Do you label it to passion? Do you label it to a malcontent? Where do you land on that? Because he's obviously a very um, – he's a dude who's very polarizing on both sides. Yeah, I – I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I don't feel strongly one way or the other. He's done some concerning things. Wasn't he the guy who caused the issue on an airplane recently? Uh, yeah. Like his eyes were closed and like they, they try to wake him up and he didn't wake up or there's conflicting stories one way or the other. But at the end of the day, they asked him to get off the plane and he wouldn't. And then they had a deep plane. Everyone. I mean, those, those kinds of people are the worst kinds of people in the world. <laughs> people who, they like refuse to leave the plane because they did something wrong. And now they have to delay the flight and everyone has to get off the plane so they can arrest the person. Just the, the true worst people. So that is not a good sign. Uh, that is not uh, something that uh, makes me think OBJ has matured. That happened recently. I was OBJ, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, that's concerning. But then again, I'm not in the locker rooms. Maybe he's a great locker room guy. He talked his way out of Cleveland. He didn't like it there. I don't know. I don't know the guy personally. The airplane thing. I mean, no matter who does that, those people yeah. are the worst people on and of all time. More, more annoying clapping when the plane lands or the person that stands up who's, you know, trying to get out and you're, you're like 30 rows back. So you then block everyone from getting off the plane. You're like, just sit down. Just yeah, sit down. Person. No yes. one's getting off yet. Yes, definitely. Definitely that person. Um, do people still clap when, when the airplane lands? I haven't heard that for a little while. I haven't heard in a little bit, but but that was definitely. I, I remember growing up, that was a big deal. Yes. That was a big thing. And you're like, you're like, dude, come on. We we didn't even hit turbulence. It was a <laughs> smooth flight. Why are you clapping, guy? Yeah, come on. Yeah. All right, let's get it into the future. Number three, Brand Cook to the Cowboys, Adam Thielen to the Panthers. Which one moves the needle more? I say Adam Thielen to the Panthers because that. He'll be the number one guy there, right? Now with DJ Moore gone, I think that makes Adam Thielen the number one guy in Carolina. Brandon Cooks, uh, obviously a good receiver, uh, but he will be number two, number three. Is Michael Gallup still in Dallas? So I, th- I think Adam Thielen moves the need a little bit more, but also the Cowboys are obviously uh, much more of a contender than the Panthers are. But I'll say Adam Thielen to Carolina. I think he still has a little bit left in him. I think he's getting up there. I think he's like 33 years old, uh, but a very consistent, reliable uh, receiver. So I'll say Adam Thielen to the Panthers just because I think he'll be their number one option, unless I'm forgetting another guy, but DJ Moore is gone. So Yeah, he'll be 33 at the start of this season. I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. Uh, because I like Brandon Cook just in general. I always think he's one of the most underrated players that the NFL has seen. He always gets traded. I don't know what's going on, why he always gets traded. I mean, he, he, from from uh, 
you know, for the Patriots for one year, the the Rams, right? He was he's been all over the NFL. Um, one year with the Patriots, now. yeah. Three yeah, with the yeah, Saints, one year, one year with the Patriots, two with the Rams to Houston. Is that not concerning a little bit? Is 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 that a bad thing? Yes. For for a guy that has what six one thousand yard receiving seasons in that short period of time, consistently getting traded. Yes, there's definitely something concerning there, but he's very very talented. There's no denying that. Um, he is underrated. And again, being wide receiver two, I think going from Houston, where he was the clear, uh, clear cut wide receiver one, where every other team, they knew that's the guy that he was getting the ball. They were throwing to him. Now you have CeeDee Lamb, right, on one side. This should open up uh, Brandon Cook's opportunities, as well as open up some for CeeDee Lamb. Adam Thielen, you're right, does still have something left in the tank. 30 touchdowns over the past three years, 10 per year outstanding but that contract makes me uh, a little nervous three-year 25 million not absurd but when you're paying a guy when he's 35 years old that gives me a little bit of question yeah yeah that's a good point you have convinced me uh maybe brandon cooks does move the little uh, the, the needle a little, a little bit more uh open things for michael gallup too uh in the middle yeah i like yeah. it yeah i think i think the cowboys uh, are, are once again going to be once the season starts the darlings of the media, yes. like always, the Chargers, the off-season darlings, <laughs> yes. Cowboys, the regular season darlings, without fail. Yes, uh, I'll, but I'll never believe in the Cowboys as long as Mike McCarthy is there. Mike McCarthy closer to Sean Payton than Sean Payton is to Bill Belichick. Yes. <laughs> hey, see? See, there we go. There we go. I, I'm glad I get, I get some, some people to agree with me here. I, every time I say this, there's always someone who's like, oh, that's stupid, that's asinine. Look, look it up. Look, look up the numbers. Sean Payne's a good head coach. He's not no Bill Belichick. I don't get why when Denver fans got Sean Payton, they thought all their problems were solved because guess what? You still have Russell Wilson. You still have Russell Wilson. Yeah, me me agreeing is less of a compliment, compliment of Mike McCarthy and more <laughs> of the fact that I d- don't think Sean Payton is nearly as good as most people think. Hey, Ian, at least we can agree on something. I like yes. that. Uh, are, are you shocked at the wide receiver market being as down as it is? No, I don't think so. I think isn't it just a sign of like the wide receivers that are available this offseason? I, I looked up uh, the receiving yardage leaders from this past season. And in terms of free agents, unless I miss someone, which is certainly possible, you got to go down to Juju Smith-Schuster for the free agent who had the most receiving yards this past year at only 933. And I think it's like 23rd, 24th, 25th on the list, something like that. Isn't it just a sign of there not being a lot of good free agent wide receivers. No one's going to pay a ton of money for the Juju Smith-Schusters of the world, for the uh, Adam Thielens of the world, who, even though he got a pretty decent contract, uh, definitely on the, you know, at the end of his career. So isn't it just a sign of there not being a ton of great receivers that are free agents this year? I, I think a little bit, yes, but I was shocked at how little Juju Smith-Schusters contract was. Three year, which was basically twenty five and a half million, it was very much incentive laden based. That surprised me. Alan Lazard, I thought was going to get more than what was it, around eleven million per year. Jacoby Myers, I think, was right where I thought he was going to be. But you're looking at guys even like McCole Hardman. There, there's no move at all. Adam Thielen was, I think, in line. But Brandon Cooks being traded for a fifth and six, the wide receiver market has taken a dive. And what I'm uh, intrigued about was I thought this was going to happen but not for another year or two. I thought we were a little, a couple years away from seeing this downturn in the wide receiver market. Because after last year, last year the wide receiver market was so hot, there was no way it could sustain that. When you're having to pay a QB, elite QB money, and pay in a, a wide receiver, elite wide receiver money, right. good luck fielding the rest of a full team. 
can be right. very, very difficult. And you're seeing rookies come in year one, making immediate impact. Chris Olave, yes. uh, the Jets wide receiver, I'm drawing a blank on, who uh, uh, was outstanding. Garrett Wilson, Garrett. right? You're yeah. seeing uh, Jared, uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. You're seeing it all around the NFL. Terry McLaurin, right? DK Metcalf, even. You don't have to have a first rounder wide receiver to make an impact. And I think we're seeing so much talent injected to this one position, so much immediate impact is going to take a turn like running backs. I was just going to say that. Yeah, it's kind of starting to go the way that running backs have gone just like a, a decade later. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see the same um, the same amount as running right. backs because wide receivers, you, you have three, four, you know, you want to at least have two legitimate price studs and then two other, you know, above average wide receivers running backs. You typically want, you know, one stud and a couple of uh, uh, fill-ins. So just the number game right there, but still, I, I'm just a little surprised uh, that it happened this soon. Yeah. That's interesting. It's almost like as if each team's what they're doing for is they're like signing their one big wide receiver. And then for wide receiver, number two, number three, they're, they're just going to draft a young guy or, you know, just opt for someone who they already have on a, on a pretty cheap deal because, uh, yeah, the free agents that are out this offseason are all mostly number two, number three guys, not guys that you would be willing to sign on a big contract to be your number one guy. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. It is interesting how much of an immediate impact wide receivers are starting to make in the NFL because for the long while, you look at wide receivers as not really making an impact until like year two or year three in the NFL. Now they're coming in and immediately making an impact on these teams. I don't know what's causing that. I think college football, you're starting to see a larger mm. reliance on good wide receivers. You're seeing teams like Alabama, like right. Georgia. I mean, Alabama for the longest time, that's, that wasn't their game. Right. That, that wasn't their game. And, and same thing with quarterbacks. And they, they eventually they evolved. You know, the West Coast offense, you're, you're seeing a more NFL-style offense. I know University of Missouri, where I went to, that was a big deal. I mean, they went from, yeah. you know, Blaine Gabbert to Chase Daniel to Matty Mock. Um you know, they, they keep going in the Drew Locke, this way of you're slinging the rock, you're, you're throwing the ball down the field, you're, you're, you're having these wide receivers uh, get a lot of reps in. And, and I do think that that's, that's helped. I think that's been a big thing is college football has changed so much. It's gone past happy. They're NFL ready. That's what it is. Yeah, that's a great point. I forgot you're a Missouri guy, by the way. Maybe the NFL should start recruiting from Princeton, too. If they're recruiting from Missouri. You, sir, if you were anywhere around me, I would drive to you, <laughs> buy you a beer, and kick your ass. That, that was just – that hurts, man. That, you, have no, you have no idea how Missouri that was. It, you get a chance to go to the Sweet 16. All you have to do is seed. beat a 15 yeah. seed. From the Ivy League. All you have and to do is rebound. That's what the issue was. How soft no, How no. soft are our athletes at Missouri? They can't grab a rebound to save their lives. I could grab more rebounds than what they got there. Run a zone against a three-point shooting team. You think dudes from the Ivy League don't have a Pythagorean theorem to figure out how to beat a zone? Come on. Tough. Tough. <laughs> Great game playing against Utah State, and you blow it against freaking Princeton. All right. <laughs> How dare you, Ian? You got me riled up on a Tuesday morning. You got my dog barking in the background because he heard me yell. Hey, at least you're not Purdue. You at least we're not Purdue. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the new, uh, the new Mizzou slogan. At least, at least we're not uh, Purdue. Yeah. Could, yeah, be, worse. could be worse than Princeton. <laughs> Let's hit up some quick hitters in or out. Reports are Roger Goodell signing an extension. Good for football as a whole. In or out. 
I think it completely depends on your perspective. I think uh, as a fan, oh, Roger Goodell doesn't do a lot of things that is very fan friendly. I, I have a lot of questions about a lot of decisions that he's made. Uh, good for football owners, yes, because he uh, has become the scapegoat for everything uh, that really is a lot of owner-lit issues. So uh, the owners, he's good for them, good for... And also, it's hard for me to kind of make an argument against saying him coming back is bad for football because football as a whole has exploded over the past uh, you know, decade, even you know before that. It just continues to grow, continues to be uh, the king of sports in North America. And most of that has happened under Roger Goodell. So I, I guess I guess it's good for football. I don't like him, though. I'm all in. And I do think the fact that folks don't like him, like the average fan, is actually good for football. You, you have a rallying cry to boo him. And yeah, he yeah, eats it up. Yeah. He eats it up in the draft. It's become an That's ongoing the bit. The fact that he, he, he leans into it now is great. Uh, it's almost like the WWE Vince McMahon. You know, like, you, you got to buy into that. Yeah. I'm into Roger Goodell. His job is to be the owner's guy. That's yeah. his job. And he does a good job at it. You're never going to get a uh, commissioner who's for the players, who's for the fan. Oh. That's not necessarily right. their job. They're, it's they're, just they're not going to happen because, yeah, the, the, owner, the owners would get rid of him if, if he was pro players. Exactly. The, the, the owners pay his salary, basically. So right. he's going to be for the owners. But I think he's relatively fair. I don't think he does anything drastic. I think he does do a good job of expanding the NFL. I mean, look at it. Look at it compared to the NBA, who I, I think Adam Silver, for the most part, does a fine job. I don't have many qualms with Adam Silver. I have a lot of qualms, a lot of issue with uh, Rob Manfred in baseball. I can't stand Rob Manfred. In hockey, I'm not going to pretend like I know a ton about, so I'm not going to even lie there. Roger Goodell has just exploded the NFL. It's everywhere. They made two days that weren't a real day. The you know, legal tampering period into the biggest day in sports. Or one of the biggest days, those two biggest days in sports on that day, bigger than March Madness, bigger than the NBA, bigger than whatever's going on in baseball, the World Baseball Classic. It was two days that weren't a real thing in, in, in the NFL. That's what everyone was talking about. You got to give Roger Goodell credit for the, the brand that he's helped. I don't want to say built because he didn't build the NFL, but right. he's pr- continued to grow. And that's yes. what's been so impressive. Yeah, and how about the NBA? You, or the Christmas Day used to belong to the NBA, and the NFL was just like, nah, let's just take Christmas Day, too. And you look at the Seriously. ratings between the NFL games and NBA games this past Christmas. Uh, <laughs> the NFL is king. They just take yeah, what they a, want. I'm a massive NBA guy. Massive NBA guy. You, you're watching football. Yeah. It, it, it's just, you got to give him credit. You might not like the dude. Not a huge fan of the dude. But I do think he's good for football. So I'm in there with him signing an extension. Baker starts the majority of the games next year for the Buccaneers. In or out? Uh, in. I think it makes the most sense. It's what, Baker, Mayfield, or Kyle Trask? Is that the other? Yeah. I mean, they're going to go with a guy who started uh, multiple seasons in the NFL. And I know Baker Mayfield, Some his lows are pretty low. When he throws bad interceptions and bad turnovers, it looks bad. But he's had stretches of being a good quarterback. He led the Browns to the first playoff win in forever. I'm not as down on Baker Mayfield as a lot of people are. Uh, and I don't think the Bucs are either. I think he will start the majority of the games for the Bucs this year because the Bucs do have some weapons. They do have an offensive line. He might find some success there. He's not, he's not going to be Tom Brady. I think he'll do all right in Tampa Bay. So I'll say I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I'm in too. The offensive line is a good point. They were horrendous last year. That's mostly because of retirement issues and a ton of injuries. That entire offensive line was injured. 
Right. They're getting guys back. They, they, they have an entire offseason to, to replace the retirement dudes and also to get the, the, the guys who were injured back. That's a big, big difference for uh, Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's going to move the needle necessarily. But again, we've mentioned it, horrendous division. That, that division down there is bad, bad, bad. You know, eight games, like we mentioned, might win that, that, that division. Right? You might be going to the playoffs. You might be hosting a playoff game, winning yeah. eight games. Uh, I, I think that Baker Mayfield makes the most sense. I don't think the, the Bucks are going to blow this thing up. Uh, I think Baker does start the majority of the games for Tampa Bay next year. I will say this. I always felt bad how it ended in Cleveland for him. Whatever your thoughts are on Baker Mayfield, he was extremely injured with that shoulder, right? Yes. And if he knew that the Browns were not going to pay him and bring in Deshaun Watson, I think he ends up either getting surgery or sitting out the rest of the year to, to get healthy. And I still distinctly remember one play in particular where he lowered his shoulder in a game to try and pick up a first down, hit the same shoulder, and I'm sitting here going, man, that, that's just got to be brutal. The fact he stayed in the game, he did that for his team, spoke volumes about his character, about what he meant to that team, about what he was trying to accomplish. And then they said, bye-bye, we're giving to Sean Watson this extreme contract. Yeah. I think from that point on, it, I don't want to say ruined his career, but I think it really set him back because that injury uh, to your throwing arm, brutal. Yeah. And then it sent him down a road of going in Carolina, which was a disaster of a situation. Then eventually LA where he had some bright spots. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be rooting for Baker Mayfield. Well, outside of the fact that I have to root against the Buccaneers, but uh, I like him. I, I think he'll do all right. in Tampa. And his commercials are so much better than Aaron Rodgers. Yes. So much true. better. Way, way better actor. So we yes. at least got, have to get those back. Uh, Laramie Tunsil staying in Houston made the most sense in or out. In. I don't have anything else to add to it. I, 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 why, why wouldn't it make sense? I think, it, I, yeah, I think it makes sense. I think I'm into. I didn't think it was coming to Kansas City because I know that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I, I, I knew you were going to try and go that route. I thought the other team that made some sense was uh, the Bears. The Bears have just a plethora of money. They have so much money to throw around. If you want to really give Justin Fields a great chance, why not bring in a, a top two left tackle in the NFL? I get that. But with Houston, you're kind of in the same boat. You're drafting a quarterback. You got to keep someone upright. Might as well keep him. You're not paying a quarterback a large amount of money because he'll be on a rookie deal. Brandon Cooks is no longer there. Get a good offensive line. See what you have in a guy. Uh, I understand it. You, you, you can afford to pay him the amount of money that he wants. You can afford to pay Laramie Tunsil the most ever for a left tackle, right? At least as far as the AAV and all that stuff. So it makes sense. Yeah, and if you're going to rebuild a team like the Texans are, my opinion is you got you to gotta have some guys in the trenches or else, especially with a young quarterback, you're just throwing them to the wolves. So we, we expect them to draft a young quarterback. You got to have someone there to protect them. It makes sense to me. Yeah, he's only 28. It's not like he's Trent Williams age. He's 28. And, right. and we're, we're seeing left tackles and, and tackles in general. Uh, they can get up there in age and continue to play at a high level. I and mean, we saw Andrew Whitworth play until he was 40. Right. We, we're seeing Trent Williams be the best left tackle in football at his age. Yeah. It, offensive line, quarterback, a little different than some of the other positions uh, on the football field. Uh, let's get into 17-game schedule. Good for the NFL, in or out? In. Love the 17-game schedule. I love the 17th uh interconference game uh, i love how it's uh, an afc team against an nfc team more football the better but also there is that limit where um obviously uh, you don't want guys to get hurt uh but i like uh, about the 17 game schedule is that you can't 
end at 500. You got to either have a winning record or a losing record, unless you have a tie. Uh, I guess then you could have a 500 record, but I, I am all in on the 17 game schedule. I expect them and I hope for them to keep it that way. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the biggest point. Out, barring a tie, you won't end right. the season with a tie. Yes. You either were above 500 or under 500. And Jeff Fisher has no idea what to do right now. Jeff Fisher is just <laughs> shaking in his boots saying, what, how do I tie 17 games now? Uh, right. So I, I think it's good for football, more football, that actually matters is good. I think 18 games, maybe you're getting too much. The, the players, obviously, I don't think want to play 18 games just based on the the extra injury concerns, the extra amount of time being out there. But they took away a preseason game. You added a regular season game. You mentioned Christmas. NFL is just fun to watch. We're going to consume it. We're going to enjoy it. Games that matter, like the SEC, it just means more. So. Yeah. I'm for 17 games, but I think 17 games is the perfect number. I don't want to see it go to 18. And again, I think the big point that you brought up, the tie region. I like that. I like that a lot. The the, the no 500, either above or you're below. Yes, exactly. Love it. We're in. We're both in. Next one. Kirk Cousins is the second best QB in the NFC. In or out? I think I'm in. I don't know. So I actually asked this question on my Twitter. Uh, I think it was last week. Yeah, it was six days ago I asked it. And because I was thinking about that. And once, now that Aaron Rodgers, for the most part, we, we think that he's going to be uh, a Jets. So he's going to go in the AFC. Jalen Hurts is obviously the number one quarterback in the NFC. Who is the second best quarterback? Most people said Kirk Cousins. Uh, you could throw Derek Carr in there, I guess. Matt Stafford would probably be the biggest argument. We'll see how healthy he is this year. It kind of relies on whether or not he's going to be healthy. And then you got Dak Prescott, Mr. Interception. Uh, and then Jared Goff, who um, had a really good year last year. Is that is Jared Goff as good as he looked last year? I don't know. He's had some bad seasons in his career as well. I think Kirk Cousins is better than most people think. The issue is that he doesn't play well in prime time. And most of the time, the only time that people watch Kirk Cousins is prime time. Because most people, unless you're a Vikings fan or unless your team's playing against the Vikings, you're not watching Kirk Cousins play in a random 1 p.m. game uh, You know, in week 13 when it's lines against... I don't know, the Lions. Um, his stats are pretty good, and I'm a stats guy. I'm married to the stats. I think Kirk Cousins is actually the second-best QB in the NFC, although that fourth down throw in the playoffs, that's negative points for Kirk Cousins. That that, 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 that was a tough one. But who else would be? Who do you think is the second-best quarterback in the NFC? Man, I, I actually went with you, with you originally. I saw, you know, was it Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I think it's Kirk Cousins, uh, at least from what we know. Now, I'm so high on Trey Lance. I'm going to continue to be high on Trey Lance. You can, Trey Lance is the healthy. The second best QB in the NFC? Come on, man. Right now. The right now, the second best dude. QB. NFC is two scoops of ass, my guy. Um, yeah, right now it's Kirk Cousins. I, I don't. I can't go with Dak Prescott. He had a little case of the Kirk Cousins, too, where he doesn't show up in big-time big-time moments either. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I always will say, if every game they play is a 1 o'clock or noon game, they're winning the Super Bowl. If the Super Bowl was at noon, Kirk Cousins is throwing for 333 touchdowns and no interceptions. He's incredible when there's no pressure. When there's pressure, he crumbles. But yeah, Kyler Murray is the other guy you can say, but he's going to be injured now half the year. I think right. talent level for Kyler Murray's higher than Kirk Cousins, but I'm not taking Kyler Murray over, over Kirk. If I needed to win a game, I don't think so. Uh, Matt Stafford's probably the best one when he's healthy, but we'll see what happens after that uh, that injury, how much he um, has left. Obviously, he's getting up there in age in his own right. But on March 21st, 
Kirk Cousins is the second best quarterback in the NFC. Insane. What a world. <laughs> All right. Lions are legitimate NFC contender. Uh, I'm going to say I'm owed on the Lions being legitimate NFC contender. If you actually look at the betting odds, they actually have the fourth best odds to win the NFC this upcoming season. I think that's a little bit ridiculous. I think the Lions are getting a lot of undue hype. Uh, the Lions had one of the worst defenses in, in the NFL last year, which is not something a lot of people are talking about. A lot of people are talking about their offense. But you look at opponent yards per play, Lions dead last in the NFL last season. Uh, teams got 6.2 yards per play against them. If you look at uh, opponent points per game, uh, look that up. I'm going to guess it's pretty low. Yeah, 28th in the NFL. Team scoring 25.1 points per game against them. They need to shore up that defense in a big way before I think they're legitimate contenders. Now, the NFC is not a strong conference this season. Um, I still don't think they're – I don't think they're the best team in the NFC North. I think that's probably the Vikings, even though the Vikings record was a little bit fraudulent last year. I don't think the Lions are legitimate contenders. I think they're, are, they're a playoff team. But I don't think they're sure. legitimate contenders to to make a run. They're a fun team. They're very entertaining, but they're not quite there yet. Uh, it's Eagles and Niners, in my opinion, are the clear-cut top two big dogs in the NFC. Uh, and then the Falcons. With Desmond Ritter, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll see. Or Taylor. Uh, they, might, <laughs> they might be ninth. Oh, come on. What? I'm being generous. I think ninth of the Falcons would be a, a nice step in the right direction. Um, but, but no, I, I think that you have the, the two clear cut Eagles and, and Niners. I think what do you have with the Rams, you know, we'll see with Matt Stafford coming back and with Cooper cup coming back. I don't think the Rams are anywhere near being in contention. I think the Seahawks take a step back personally. I don't think Geno Smith, we saw what he did at the end of the year. Uh, it, it felt like those first 13 games were just incredible. And those last four, you started to see him come back down to earth. The Cowboys, I don't believe in, but they have a really solid team. The Cowboys have a really solid team, but I still don't believe in them because you know why? They're the Cowboys. But the Vikings, I'm with you, I think are probably still more talented and better overall than the Lions. But I do think that's actually pretty close. I think the Lions make the playoffs, but they're not legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I agree. All right. Matt Ryan is a Hall of Fame QB. I wonder who put this one on the list. (laughs) I'm going to say in, but I'll tell you what, I'll be honest. I, I'm less convinced than I was last offseason. Last offseason, I was going on shows dying on the hill that Matt Ryan's uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm going to still say yes. Uh, he's not first ballot all Hall of Famer. He's not second. Maybe he's a third or fourth. Like he's, I think he eventually gets in the Hall of Fame. I mean, if you look at his stats, he has a higher completion percentage than Tom Brady. That's a fact. 65.6% to 64.8%. Does completion percentage not count for something? His well, quarterback, yeah, you know, his quarterback rating Brees. is only his quarterback rating is only two points lower. He won MVP. That's a fact. He won the NFC Championship one year. That's a fact. It's too bad the Super Bowl that year got canceled. Didn't happen. I think Matt Ryan is one of the most underrated quarterbacks of all time because people don't watch the Falcons play. Nobody cares about the Falcons. The the NFL media hates the Falcons. People only saw Matt Ryan on primetime. I think Matt Ryan's underrated. I think he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He won't be first ballot. I think he eventually gets in there. If you look at the all-time passing leaders list, he's seventh. All-time. Seventh. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan. More passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be tough using passing yards as a Hall of Fame statistic going forward because right. we've seen such outburst. You know, such, such a we're, – we're in the most pro, uh, prolific passing era in the history of the NFL. 
numbers are starting to get inflated. But I will point out Matt Ryan started, you know, when that wasn't necessarily the case. Same thing with Tom Brady. Man, I don't know. If you look at pro football reference, which I like a lot, they have him technically probably making it in. The the numbers is 106.05. The average Hall of Fame quarterback is 104. I always compare him to Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan are so comparable. I I think when it's all said and done, because I think Stafford's going to play a few more years to get some of those counting stats up a little bit. But what you really have is Stafford who played in one, or Stafford who won one, Matt Ryan who played in one, uh, Stafford never won an MVP. Uh, Matt Ryan did, but they're so comparable, right? They were never the best quarterback in my mind of a what three, five year stretch. They're never a guy that like struck fear in the hearts of other teams, but they played a long time. I think if one gets in, they both get in. And frankly, after Stafford won the Super Bowl, I was kind of on the case of I think Stafford gets in. So if that's the case, I think Matt Ryan gets in, but I think they might be the last two of this generation of longtime quarterbacks who stay in the NFL who put up a whole bunch of counting numbers. They don't have a ton of the superlatives that some right. of the other counterparts have. I think uh, his season with the Colts last year hurts him because that was, that was tough. That was tough to watch. Uh, as a guy who bet on him to win MVP last year, that was tough to watch. Um, what? Why? Ian, <laughs> you're a betting dude. That is, you wanted his, how much was it? He was, he was a long shot bet. I didn't put a no, lot no, of money how, on it. How, how much was it? How much did I bet or what were the odds? How much did you bet on it? Not much. A small bet. Half mm-hmm. half my normal betting size. Yeah. But listen, I saw what Matt Ryan did the year before where he dragged that team to like an 8-8 eight and eight record or 7-9 and nine or whatever it was. I thought he was going into a very good situation in Indianapolis. He's won an MVP before. I had a lot of hopes for him. He It was bad. It looked like watching like a dying pet. It was It was not good. Um, I do got to say Hunter Hunter in the chat says uh, percentage because he's played way less games, haven't played until 45 and he'll regress with me. I want to say one thing about Hunter uh, before he chimes in about Hall of Fame quarterbacks. We can't take this guy's opinion worth anything considering he tweeted at me when I asked who's the second best NFC quarterback and he said Brock Purdy, seriously. He's the second best quarterback on the Niners. Well, I don't know about that. Come on, Trey Lance. Trey Lance season. I'm going to die on this hill. And Trey Lance, in five years from now, maybe 10, and he's finally getting it done, I'm going to say, I told you so. Who is a better career, Matt Ryan, Trey Lance? When it's all said. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Matt Ryan. Yes. (laughs) But but do do you think it's fair if Matt Ryan gets in, Stafford gets in? If Stafford gets in, Matt Ryan gets in? Uh, yeah. Add a few more years on Stafford's career. I'm I'm accounting for three more, four more solid seasons. Yeah, I would say so. Stafford does does have the Super Bowl ring, which hurts. Yeah. Do you you think that these are going to last two quarterbacks from this iteration of of style where you're just a guy – it's almost Omar Vizquel for Major League Baseball, a dude who played a long, long time. You have all the counting numbers – but you never were a top three guy, a top five guy for an extended period of time. I, I don't think anyone's going to sit sit here and look back in history and say, yeah, Matt Ryan was a top three quarterback or a top five quarterback for five plus years. Well, he won an MVP. He was one the year. best player in the NFL. One year. For one yeah. year. But, but look over an extended period of time. I don't think anyone's going to sit, sit back when you're looking at the, the year of the quarterbacks. Look at, look at that. You can't look at just one year. Okay, Peyton Hillis also won an MVP, right? I don't think anyone's uh, – I don't think putting he won Peyton. MVP. Well, he didn't win MVP, but he's in the cover of Madden. He had a he great year. 
Shout out Peyton Hillis. What did he win? I think it was he won some award. But you get what I'm saying here. Yes, but I I, I don't think a comparison to Peyton Hillis and Matt Ryan is a fair comparison. Okay, I, 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 understand, I understand the point you're trying to make. Yes, dramatic, but. <laughs> hyperbolic if you will eve eving made easy said i bet the colts to win super bowl worse than mvp well i also did that i bet on the colts to win the super bowl my every year i i I make an exact super bowl matchup bet which is just a complete long shot bet that'll never win i put like 10 bucks on it my super bowl pick this year was for the colts to beat the rams which oh oh two two of the worst teams in the nfl would have been better to have them as who gets the first overall draft pick correct that had a better chance of hitting (laughs) All right, before we get out of here, Ian, what is going on? Uh, I guess just more March Madness. That's kind of what I'm locked into. But my favorite uh, non, I'm a big golf guy, uh, for the, if the viewers didn't already know that. And this is this week is my favorite non-major golf tournament of the season. It's the Match Play Tournament, which is the PJ Tours version of March Madness. It's Match Play, different from Stroke Play. There's a bracket. I love it. So I'll be watching. Well, there's, there, I'll have two brackets in my hand. This weekend, I got a PGA Tour match play bracket in one hand. I got my March Madness bracket in the other, which is all but dead, but I'll still be looking at it. Um, so, yeah, just more, more, more match play, more March Madness this week for me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I actually golfed yesterday. I golfed Ooh. after work. You better believe that 58 degrees, I'm getting my ass out to the course. Played nine holes after work. It was windy as hell. It was like 20, 25 mile hour wind. It was brutal, but it was fun. Big golf guy. What's your handicap? Uh, not good. Uh, hold on. I just need to take, do my Fahrenheit to Celsius calculator. Oh, 58 degrees is 14 degrees Celsius. So yeah, that's golf. You, you can golf there, in that. There's no way Celsius man. I'm Canadian. I get that, but you're also smart. I can't figure out Celsius to Fahrenheit. I can figure out kilometers to miles and miles to kilometers. Fahrenheit is Fahrenheit's so, the worst system of measurement in the no, world. No, 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 no. Celsius makes no sense. Celsius, it makes perfect sense. Zero, zero is zero below sense. zero is freezing. That perfect. If it's don't, below don't zero, want, water will freeze. If it's above zero, it won't freeze. It's a perfect measurement. Don't you want to have a situation where you know because fifty-eight might be a light jacket, sixty-five might be a um. Uh, a long sleeve T-shirt. You got to figure out the weather. You want to be precise, okay? We're, we're, we're throwing darts. If you're one dart over, that's not a triple twenty. That's a triple one. Can you feel the difference between fifty-eight degrees and fifty-nine degrees? No, there's no difference no. between fifty-eight degrees. Yes, and I 50. can. Oh, sir, stop, sir, stop. sir. You cannot. No, you cannot tell the difference between fifty-eight degrees and fifty-nine degrees. Uh, Celsius is 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 horrible. Celsius. It's, it's what's just free, what's freezing in Fahrenheit? Thirty degrees. Well, how does that 32. make sense? Grow up. 30, 32 degrees for freezing? How does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, just rip on the most decorated country in the world, baby. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the United States are, what, one of two countries that still use Fahrenheit? I, I think it was three. Um, I used to know them, actually. This is actually going to drive me insane. I don't Which think it's countries Burma. use Fahrenheit? I thought it was Burma was one. I don't think it's Burma. Yeah, I think it, I think it might. It's Yeah, it's some random country like that. Yeah. Uh, I just got to say, what uses Fahrenheit, the country that has all of the NFL teams or the team or the country that doesn't have the NFL teams, which we talk about? That's true. Uh, we have yeah. CFL teams. Maybe we should bring some CFL into the may- Maybe I'll bring talk some CFL this summer. How about that? Uh, Richard, our producer, says Fahrenheit. It says we're, Fahrenheit, we're, we're, it, Liberia. Liberia and the Cayman Islands. The United States, Liberia, and the Cayman Islands. Huh. Yeah. Three countries. 
Okay, one other country did, and I thought it was Burma. I, I'm probably wrong. We're not we're not a history show. This is why we talk NFL and not uh, not history. Either way, I went golfing and it was great. <laughs> I'm jealous. All right, this was stacking the box. We'll get out of here before we try and bring up more countries that we know nothing about and try and talk about Fahrenheit and Celsius. We're not a history show unless it's NFL history. Ian McMillan, follow him on Twitter at Ian Mac Betts. Uh, I'm Sterling Holmes. You can follow me on Twitter at Homestretch KC. We'll be back next Tuesday for another edition of Stacking the Box. Until then, we are out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.